0: Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Terms and Turns, Sex and Submission, Book 1, written by John Zellig. It will be okay, she said soothingly. I'm going to hurt you, but it will be okay. As long as you obey me absolutely, I'm going to free you from all of those bad, guilty, big boy problems. You'll be my happy little boy, I promise. Now ask Mistress Mommy to punish you. I was barely able to fight off the urge to cry, gave a single sob of gratitude or fear or disgust or confusion, of desire or pain or relief or incredulity, and did as I had been told. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Terms and Turns.
1: PART ONE AWAKENING CHAPTER ONE AWAKENING GET UP I woke up groggy and confused, struggling to pull myself free from the tangle of my dreams. The clock on the night table flashing 3.35 a.m., the Friday night, Saturday morning of a three-day weekend. Monday off. UP, my wife said again, sharply
2: downstairs
1: now stumbling to my feet i reached for the robe hanging on the back of the bedroom door moving to comply though i couldn't fathom what was going on no she said with the vehemence and the tone you would use to give an order to a dog she slapped my face quickly and with some force i hadn't had time to register whether or not i had an erection when i stood up my eyes widened in shock my jaw dropped. I blinked. A surge of blood, unanticipated, intense, and mortifying, made my cock visibly twitch. She noted this with a curt nod and a pursing of her lips, held my eyes for a long moment, then turned on her heel and walked down the stairs. Neither of us had ever hit the other. I didn't understand— Neither what she had done nor the combination of my reactions, the erection and my passivity and compliance. It was confusing, of course, and the context fogged things further. In the bright light of day, I might have slapped her in return, or protested, or resisted, or asked questions. We'd been married for more than a decade, together for even longer. Things were going well, we were happy as far as I knew up to that point. There wasn't any bleeding, but surely there would be a bruise. I I followed her in a numb daze, feeling as if I were simultaneously watching this happen to someone else. She looked crisp and businesslike. The lacy trim of an almost translucent bra, visible beneath a thin white silk blouse. A black pencil skirt with a side zipper. Black stockings and spike heels, her hair neatly and tightly pinned up, makeup subtle but complete, the faint aroma of the perfume I favored.
2: Stand there,
1: she said, pointed to the center of the living room carpet, settling herself on the couch with precision, crossing one knee over the other, folding her hands in her lap. My mouth was dry, and I could feel my forehead, twitching in perplexity, begin to sheen with perspiration. My cheek burned where she had slapped me. The room was warm, but my arms were cold, my heart on undiminished, the throbbing, painful and embarrassing, a physiological confession and betrayal. I did as she told me. At first, I rested my hands on the fronts of my thighs. Then I clasped them together behind my back. Then I returned them to their original position. I didn't know how to stand, and I didn't know where to look. Focusing on these details was easier than trying to take in the whole of what was happening, what felt like a, a tilting, a violation of reality. You've been masturbating, she said in a flat statement of fact, with soft undertones of amusement and disapproval. "'And you've been watching porn?' I didn't think there was really anything wrong with either of those activities, but still half asleep, nude, hard, actually called on the carpet, I couldn't quite fumble out any kind of response before she added, her voice soft and low but sharp.
2: "'You did not?' Have my permission to do those things.
1: She stood up, walked slowly toward me until we were nearly toe-to-toe. We're almost the same height. I felt her fingernails, a light, sharp, asymmetric circle, constrict to just graze the head of my cock, then stop. The feeling, that of a small swarm of bees menacing but not following through on the threat. She was again looking unblinkingly into my eyes. Her voice got even softer, a breathy growl. Mistress
2: Mommy finds that very disappointing.
1: The title she had given herself made my stomach lurch, and my heart on twitch. I was stunned, enthralled, disgusted with and ashamed of the part of me excited by what she had said, felt dizzy wanted to respond but couldn't find the right words.
2: "'I want you to apologize,'
1: she said, her hand moving lower, firmly grasping my balls. "'I'm sorry I did that?' I managed, feeling like there was a kind of dream logic that it was important for me to follow. She squeezed with enough force to make one of my knees flex involuntarily.' I gasped in pain, unable to pull away.
2: "'I'm sorry, Mistress Mommy,'
1: she said. "'I'm sorry, Mistress Mommy,' I repeated hurriedly, "'that I played with my wee-wee.' "'What?' She squeezed even harder the second time, and both knees almost went. "'Jesus, that I played with my wee-wee!' Without your permission. Without your permission. She let go, and I groaned in relief, her fingers gliding back up to lightly encircle the head of my cock again. There. She cooed in my ear, her lips grazing my neck.
2: That wasn't so difficult, was it?
1: No. Seemed to be the right answer but I felt her hands start to descend again. No, Mistress Mommy, I added quickly, and her nails instead resumed their tantalizing contact.
2: Such a very good boy,
1: she breathed into my ear.
2: And still, so hard,
1: she observed, with something that sounded like both satisfaction and a little derision. She let her hand drop and walked slowly around me, as though inspecting a statue or a horse she was considering buying, fingertips lightly grazing my belly, my hip. She came to a stop behind me, a single finger barely touching the cleft at the top of my buttocks. I could feel the silk of her blouse caress my back. She had one foot a little forward, slightly parting my legs, the sleek nylon of her stocking against my calf, the taut, smooth fabric of her skirt on the back of my thigh, her chin brushing, but not quite resting on my shoulder. Apologizing is a good start, she said, the words a warm, moist rush in my ear.
2: There is still the matter of punishment,
1: she shook her head quickly back and forth and and giggled her nose in my hair
2: and of course prevention
1: we had played games before she had always been more cooperative than enthusiastic usually more comfortable as a bottom than as a top tended as a matter of tone toward uh, tolerant rather than intense Her attitude fit her approach to negotiating things like which one of us chose a restaurant or a weekend movie. She wanted to be fair to let me have my menu choices as long as she got hers in similar measure, and as long as I didn't try to order anything too weird. I don't know how to explain what's wrong with me. Sex to her, it had seemed to me, as perhaps it is for most people, had always been like alcohol to a social drinker, that mellow and satisfying single glass of wine after work, the occasional weekend binge, perhaps every few years things get out of control at a wild party, leaving you a little hungover and sheepish, but with an odd, guilt-tinged sense of accomplishment. I want to be annihilated, I want to mainline heroin and soar out of my body, out of my mind, too, for that matter. Call me a switch. It's almost the same rush whether the drug is absolute power or absolute powerlessness. Power or terror, pleasure or pain. It's the cold wave of an adrenaline rush, the warm ocean of a dopamine high. It's why some people skydive, I guess. The problem with being the top is that you have to keep enough of your wits about you to plan and arrange. You can't fully escape your body, your mind, your reality in the same way. If you're the bottom, all you have to do is surrender. If your partner is serious, she incinerates any thought in your head but the trembling anticipation of what might happen next. I don't know what had happened. She seemed serious. This came home to me harder than the face slap when she giggled. She had played Stern before, the dominant mistress. But it had always been a role, someone else's script, mine, I guess, in some form or other. The laughter was new, though, and it was genuine spontaneous pleasure at what she was doing to me, who she was making me, who she was making herself. Our role playing had always felt, had always been bounded to some degree, a set of agreements and scenarios that went just to the edge. Waking me up at three in the morning felt like she had pushed me over the edge, into free fall. Real fear, real humiliation. A mouse paralyzed in terror before a snake mesmerized by my own helplessness, not even a remote possibility that I could escape, little likelihood that I would survive. My only option, compliance. Dazed but fervent, undergirded by a chilling sense of futility. The mouse has no power before the snake. The child has no power before the mother. You will be punished, she said again, Pressing herself fully against my back, her hands suddenly tight on the fronts of my thighs. She briefly kissed, then sucked, then bit my neck. Hard. I jumped and cried out. She held fast, her pelvis grinding against my ass for a moment as I tried to squirm away. Her fingers arched, nails against my flesh in implicit threat. And I froze. She let one hand drop away for a second, then it was back. I looked down to see her encircle my cock, thumbs above and at the base of the shaft, index fingers below and behind my balls. She had looped a black ribbon, silky and soft, below, crossing the ends over one another at the top. She pulled them tight. The blood in my cock trapped my balls now a single taut pouch a second loop and another tightening then the fast looping and binding at the bottom of the shaft above my balls but we will not have any accidents will we no she flicked the bound package of my balls with her index finger and I saw stars before managing to stammer out. No, Mistress Mommy. (sighs) She cooed, hugging me hard from behind, her lips nuzzling my neck.
2: Such a good boy. Now thank me for saving your cummies for you.
1: Thank you for saving my... Cummies, Mistress Mommy, I managed uncertainly. It was as though I were getting a crash course in a new language, spoken in a country I had never visited before. Except, of course, it was maternal language, heightened, sexualized.
2: Over the arm of the couch,
1: she said, pointing, her voice once again flat and directive, I scuttled to the couch quickly, made to kneel facing one of the ends, but she said no. Stand, she said.
2: Bend at the waist, so your head is on the arm. Reach back and hold your bottom
1: open for me. She caressed the small of my back, trailed her fingers up my spine, tousled my hair, paced back and forth in front of me slowly for a moment, rubbing her palm with the back of a wooden hairbrush only a little smaller than a paperback book. Where had that come from? I watched this from the corner of my eye, head down, intent on the patterns embroidered on the couch pillows. She gave a long, thoughtful purring sound, deep but lilting, which chilled me even more than her giggling had the notes of pleasure in it both obvious and somehow primal. A finger under my chin, she pushed up to make me meet her gaze, said nothing for a few moments.
2: This is going to hurt, she said. It's going to hurt a lot, and...
1: She entwined the fingers of her right hand in my hair, wrenched my head to an angle brought her cheek against mine, and spoke this time directly into my ear.
2: Thinking about that has made Mistress Mommy very, very wet. Thinking about what I'm going to do to you, how I'm going to do it, thinking about how I am going to make you...
1: That purr again, ending in something of a sigh, the sound rising... "'becoming a little more breathy.
2: "'My utterly helpless, good little boy.'"
1: Without letting go of my hair, she sat down on the couch, pulling my head down even further as she did. I almost stumbled. The only thing that stopped me was my chest coming to rest on the arm of the sofa. I stood with my feet slightly apart, my hands behind me, holding the cheeks of my ass apart as she had instructed, bent at the waist, the side of my face now mashed against the front of her skirt. My back hurt. The muscles in my thighs twitched. The taut and sensitive skin of my bound cock and balls rubbed painfully against the weave of the upholstery.
2: Can you smell how wet Mommy is?
1: I croaked that I could. I could feel the damp heat, smell her briny and and sweet scent layered on the perfume, the leather of her shoes, the laundry chemicals on her clothing, the shampoo in her hair, the sharp note of her perspiration. She wore no deodorant. The fingers of one hand remained painfully entwined in my hair, while those of the other gently traced across the upturned half of my face. My nose, my eyebrow, my ear. She tickled my lips with her thumbnail, pushed gently through, then past my teeth and into my mouth. All the way until she was stopped, not by any resistance on my part, but by the webbing with her index finger. I was sucking her thumb.
2: That's right, she cooed. And you keep holding your ass open for me because...
1: She lowered her voice to a whisper.
2: I am going to violate every part of your body. It won't be yours anymore.
1: I felt a sustained tremor of anticipation and couldn't tell how much of it was the thrum of power through her body How much a shudder of anticipation through mine, an amalgam of fear, exhaustion, and excitement. Again I was confused, mortified, and frozen.
2: You really didn't understand,
1: she said thoughtfully.
2: And, no, I didn't either. I thought you wanted boots and leather and whips, but really, really, you want to go back just to that edge and be kept there when you were about to go from being a little boy to a big boy when you were about to break free from mommy but couldn't quite do it when you began to realize that getting hard meant something but you weren't sure exactly what eleven or twelve is that how old you really are she mused, your voice just beginning to crack, which is so embarrassing, just a few strands of that confusing, icky, pubic hair. You think you want to be a big boy, but Mommy wants to keep you, for herself, safe and sweet. And you try so hard, don't you? So hard, But Mommy is just too powerful, which feels terrible, which feels wonderful. And you were remembering things,
1: she continued, her voice getting husky,
2: that when your head only came up to Mommy's waist and you ran up and put your arms around her, hugging her beautiful, soft, comforting bottom, When she pressed you to her skirt, you smelled something, didn't you? Something you weren't supposed to smell. That sometimes she just couldn't find a washcloth, so she soaped your wee-wee with her hands, making sure she got you very, very clean. Sometimes that made you hard, didn't it? And when you had a fever, and Mommy took your temperature, she was always very gentle, wasn't she? She used plenty of Vaseline. Took such a long time opening up your little bottom for the thermometer. Even though you were so hot and drowsy and squirming, and your little wee-wee got hard again against the sheets.
1: She leaned over her thumb still in my mouth, and kissed my cheek softly.
2: You didn't know that was bad, did you? It was just confusing. Mommy did things to your body. Mommy took care of her little boy. And your body did those disgusting.
1: She yanked my hair briefly and I moaned, her thumb preventing me from crying out.
2: Those disgusting things that...
1: She lowered her voice to a whisper again.
2: Felt so good. So terribly good.
1: She leaned over, this time shaking her head back and forth so that her nose grazed my face as she giggled again.
2: It was confusing. Very confusing, wasn't it? You knew those things were bad, but they made you feel good. And such shame.
1: All Mommy wanted to do was take care of you. And that's how you responded? The thumb in my mouth prevented me from answering.
2: But it's okay now,
1: she continued.
2: I understand. I do. You're going to be Mistress Mommy's little boy now, and I'm going to take care of you, and take care of your wee-wee. You don't have to worry. You won't be responsible. All of the terrible things I'm going to do,
1: I felt her shiver as she said that, with an intensity that might almost have been mistaken for a small, fast orgasm.
2: You won't be able to stop them, no. So it won't be your fault. Mistress Mommy will take absolute control of her little boy. But first, you need to be punished,
1: she said, her voice suddenly brisk again.
2: And this is
1: going to hurt. She stood up abruptly, pulling her thumb from my mouth with a pop that was almost audible, moved behind me, leaned over quickly to kiss the small of my back, gently stroking my buttocks with the cold, smooth grain of the wooden hairbrush.
2: It will be okay,
1: she said soothingly.
2: I'm going to hurt you but it will be okay. As long as you obey me absolutely, I'm going to free you from all of those bad, guilty, big boy problems. You'll be my happy little boy. I promise. Now ask Mistress Mommy to punish you.
1: I was barely able to fight off the urge to cry, gave a single sob of gratitude or fear or disgust or confusion of desire or pain or relief or incredulity and did as i had been told
0: we hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from terms and turns if you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at amazon.com audible.com and itunes.com